You're listening to Music Tectonics. Welcome back to Music Tectonics, where we go beneath the surface of music and tech. I'm your host, Dimitri Vitsa. I'm also the founder and CEO of Rock, Paper, Scissors, a PR firm that specializes in music tech. And of course, coming up this fall, we have the Music Tectonics Conference. And on our podcast, we explore all sorts of things around music innovation, music technology, and some big social shifts uh, just in the world and how that impacts how we think about music and so forth. And today I'm super excited because I think our guest is going to help us dive down a rabbit hole that we haven't quite gotten into much recently, which is the overlap of gaming and music. Welcome to the show, Toa Dunn, head of Riot Games Music. Toa, how are you doing today? Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, great, great to have you here, man. I've uh, been, been looking forward to uh, having a, any conversation with you. And it's, it's so funny because I find these people out there in the world who are doing really innovative stuff in these interesting um, uh, overlaps between music and other stuff. And uh, then my first recording or my first conversation ends up being a recording. So this, <laughs> this is a blast. I appreciate you making the time. So let's just dive in. We have cool. a diverse audience of listeners. Some are probably more into gaming than others. Let's just start with Riot Games. Could you please tell us a little bit about what Riot Games does and what it's become known for? Yeah, so Riot Games, we really strive and aspire to develop the, you know, develop, publish, and support the most player-focused games, right? So we have League of Legends out there, as well as Valorant, um, Legends of Runeterra, and more. Um, we also have a thriving esports Right, ecosystem, right? So we have our uh, world championships, right, for League of Legends. And so that's basically features 12 teams or 12 leagues, excuse me, across the world. And so they play in their own leagues. Um, and then the, the basically kind of the top teams from the different regions uh, compete in our world's tournament, right, where the last two teams standing at the world tournament play in our world finals, which is usually, you know, at a sold out stadium um, in front of I'd say about 100 plus million viewers live, right? So that's kind of our big Super Bowl moment, right? And so on top of all that, we're also kind of expanding our our world of Runeterra into other multimedia projects such as music, comics, uh, board games, and more. So it's a really just interesting time right now, kind of fascinating as we kind of expand in those places. But League of Legends has definitely been kind of the name I think people are most uh, familiar with. But um, Valorant now is really making making a, a buzz out there. When you say stadium, are we talking about a real physical stadium with people in the stadium? Yeah. So, you know, we, we kind of travel across the world, you know, in different countries uh, pretty much every year, right? So everything from the bird's nest in China, right, which is I think that stadium holds maybe 80,000 plus. Um, but of course, uh, depending on our build out for the stage, it's probably a little bit less, but you kind of get the gist. Anything from, you know, 10,000 on up, we kind of sell those stadiums out. Um, I think it was really funny. I think it was back in 2014, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, or 2013. We, we did the Staples Center um, a while back, and I think we surprised folks um, because we sold that stadium out in minutes. Uh, in fact, I think within an hour or something like that. That is amazing. I mean, as somebody who's never gone to a stadium to see uh, an esports tournament of that that magnitude, I just it just kind of blows my mind. Honestly, it's just like it's a whole parallel world of things going on that I'm not even you know in touch with. So it's so cool to have you here explaining it and and just to imagine the sort of fanatical base your games must have that bring people out to physical events like that uh -huh. is incredible. Yeah, I mean, you, you just kind of have to compare it to you know if you've ever been to a live sports game, right? Like I myself been. Doing 
do plenty of Laker games as a fan of the Lakers. And it's that same exact feeling, right? You get in there and there's a bunch of fans who love and watch that game. And you're there to see the top, you know, percentile, small percentile of players, right? The, the kind of cream of the crop perform at their best. And just that excitement, just hearing it, feeling it, and knowing other people in that stadium are like it's it's the exact same feeling. So if you, if you've ever been to any event like that, it's very familiar. Right. Awesome. It's like a it's like an old world ritual, really. It's like gl- <laughs> yep. gladiators. Um, <laughs> and uh, those hundred million viewers that you had at that that kind of record record sized um, um, event are they are, are they watching through your own platform? Are they are is this on Twitch or YouTube Live or wh- where where are they all watching from? Yeah. So the great thing, you know, of kind of today's digital age, right? So it's across multiple platforms, right? So we definitely kind of try to execute from a global level, right? So, you know, the YouTubes and the Twitches and, you know, in other regions, you know, especially China and Korea, they have other platforms um, that are, are more familiar to them. So we really do our best to kind of execute across the the platforms. We really want to be where the players and fans are. And um, and that's kind of our, been our strategy in the past. Awesome. Okay, let's get into music. Historically, what has Riot Games' relationship been with music? Yeah, music, I think, you know, for us, it's always been an, an important part of just the overall, you know, player experience. You know, music is special to us. And so I've been at Riot since 2013, when we really came to just explore what music could mean for us. And so music's not something that just sits in the background or, you know, way in the back and just kind of fills space. Like music, you know, is, is very impactful, right? When you understand just like what music can do, you know, if you've ever watched your favorite movie, but without the music in the background, it's not the same movie, right? For example. And so just what music can mean for games, for storytelling, right? And just the overall experiences. Um, that's really at its core what it means to us and it's special. And so we're, we're highly invested in, in love with music here. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool. And so does it show up? It shows up throughout the game normally is, is what happens. Well, it depends, right? Different, different games have different experiences, right? So um, with our game, at least with League of Legends specifically, it's a highly competitive game, right? And so there's only so much you can really do with music in the game, you know, versus let's say a narrative game, right? Where you can really help drive the narrative and the emotion, right? Our game is Again, I'll use basketball um, as an example, right? If you've ever watched professional basketball, um, when the game starts, the music stops kind of, right? Like the players need to really hear what's going on. They need to communicate. There's certain sound or audio indications that help them play the game. And it even enhances the viewing experience. So you don't want the music overtly up front and in the way, so to speak. All right. So there's very little room what we could do with music. Um, There's some things we do on the map, but not a whole lot. But for us, what's really exciting is what you can do around the experience, kind of outside of the game, mm. whether it's storytelling, introducing you know, new champions. We call our characters champions. Um, and, and just really leaning into the, uh, the around the game experience as well. And then, of course, the esports experience. Um, there are many ways to kind of lean into music. And so those are all the places we really play. Um, but certain games lean into like not having a whole lot of flexibility um, inside the game for music, but others potentially can so not to belabor it a little bit, you mentioned, so like you introduce characters. So like you're, you're in the game, but you're not actually playing, but a character gets introduced and there'll be a musical component with that. Yeah, a way of doing it. And, and one of our first big executions of this, right, was um, back in 2015, 2014, excuse me, uh, we launched a new champion. Her name was Jinx, right? And so um, 
for for many players, the experience has been, you know, they find out about a new champion and you could, you know, read uh, read about her, learn about them. Like here's like an explanation of her, like, you know, a powers or her abilities and what, who she is right in a few paragraphs. Um, what we did is for Jinx is we actually created a bespoke song, kind of this really cool pop rock song. She has this really kind of almost Harley, Harley Quinn vibe, right? She just blows everything up around her. Um, she probably thinks it's, it's fun and she's kind of crazy, right, to an extent. And so we wanted a pop, like kind of this rock pop song that really was bespoke to her. But then we also created a music video, right? So it was a, you know, it's a three minute action packed way of seeing who she is, why she's that way with the fun song. And so that was a way of us like introducing Jinx to the world. Gotcha. It makes a lot of sense. So how has this evolved to the point that you actually have this title of head of Riot Games Music? What 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 has evolved to become Riot Games Music? Yeah, it's it's it was quite the evolution, right? It wasn't that um, it, this, I guess my role was somewhat created as we went. You know, I, I like I said, I jumped into Riot in early 2013 and it was really an experiment. All right. It was kind of the question is like, what do we want to do with music in first six months? we didn't quite know. We just knew we loved music. I played League of Legends before I joined Riot. And so there's just this natural aspiration to want to like, what could we do? And, and there had been some early explorations. Um, one of our composers by the name of Christian Link had, had written kind of um, a song and a poem. And it really resonated with our fans as far as like a way to connect to a character or a champion, right, in that way. And so... We just really explored. It was everything from exploring, collaborating with artists such as you know Crystal Method to the Zeds and Imagine Dragons or Madison Beers to create a bespoke song, um, to doing live performances um, at our at our world's events, and then you know here we are. Like I said, we had these virtual you know doing a full music campaign for our virtual artists, right? In a way that's like probably hasn't really been done to this to this. Um, you know, to this overall, like, I, I don't, I don't want to put it in a certain way, but just like, cause we're just getting started, I think in this space, but mm. it's, it's just a really interesting time. Right. And so for us, we kind of naturally evolved here, right? Like we, we tried things, things that we were compelled to do, um, things we were hoping our players would love as much as we would. Um, and, and learning from that and really just diving into our passion for music and expressing ourselves. So. It's so intriguing to hear you talk about it because what I'm hearing you say is that music really has never really been central to the game, but you keep using it. It's like a lever that you guys have decided to pull occasionally to see kind of how it adds this other element to it. And in the process, you discover what fans react to, what gamers are reacting to, and then it becomes part of this cultural fabric that's much wider than the game itself. Yeah, I mean, that's the great thing about music, right? Like, music is everywhere to an extent, right? And so it, it's one of those things, again, you know, when you really just look at the power of music and what it could do, there's just an amazing opportunity, right? And and that's something I think a lot of us here at Riot are super passionate about. It's just leaning into those powers of music and, and being excited about it and hoping that others will be too. And so, you know, we do it for our fans. We do it for our players. And if other people come across it and they love it, awesome, right? We'd love to welcome them to our community as we just continue to, to go down this journey. 
I love it, man. So much creativity in that approach. And, uh, you know, you had put a piece out on LinkedIn called Riot Games Music Record Label in Disguise? Question mark. And I want to ask you about that, but we have to take a quick break. I'm having so much fun having you as my tour guide and how this all works in this unique role you have. We'll take a break and then I'll ask you about that in just a moment. We are thrilled to announce that Will Page and Vicky Nauman will sit down for a fireside chat at Music Tectonics 2021 conference. Will Page just came out with a book, Tarzan Economics, that distills essential principles for pivoting through disruption. He's learned those lessons through 20 years of watching the rise and fall of the music industry's fortunes as former chief economist at Spotify and other leading companies. Come to Music Tectonics to get Will's insights on how the pandemic accelerated disruptions to the music industry and what's next on the horizon. He'll be in conversation with Vicki Nauman, tech-savvy consultant and music industry connector. Will and Vicki's fireside chat will be part of the online conference October 25th through 27th. But don't forget, one ticket also lets you join safe in-person events on November 2nd in Los Angeles. And those will be very fun. Get your Music Tectonics ticket at musictectonics.com. All right, we are back. And just uh, before the break, I wanted to ask you about this piece you published on LinkedIn called Riot Games Music, Record Label in Disguise. I'm curious what inspired writing that. Yeah, so we had recently just launched you know, Riot Games Music as a public-facing brand. And it was really just inspired by the many questions people were asking me, right? Like they literally were asking me, is this a record label? You know, what are you guys really doing with this? You know, they just wanted to know, right? Because I think, you know, a video game company kind of establishing a music brand um, was an interesting thing at this time, right? And so um, it was really, I just wanted to kind of give people a lens, kind of a peek at like, how we saw the world, what really motivated us to do what we're doing and, and to somewhat, you know, inform folks what Riot Games music means to us, right? The, the idea of, is it a music label in disguise? Pretty much, you know, I mean, definitely read the article. It's not too long of a read, but, you know, the overall kind of theme of it is it's, it's more of a question. Would you consider us a music label? Because our, our mission or our goal has never been to be a traditional, you know, music label. We probably function like one. But when it comes down to it, it's more of like, yeah, we make music, we distribute it, we market it and whatnot. But that's not all we do. Right. We're kind of in an interesting position where we're we're at times the artists, but we are technically the label. And we're really just in it to craft compelling music experiences for our fans and for our players. And and that's really what we want to push. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So how how does it work? You have compo you mentioned you've got composers. Are those are those freelancers? Are they um are they Riot Games people? And then it sounds like maybe there's more recordings that are getting created that maybe fans or I'm sorry, gamers might not even know are in there and then you're figuring out other stuff to do with those um those songs. Yeah, so we have a full music production team basically in-house. So yes, we have composers and songwriters. We have producers and coordinators. We have, you know, marketing and brand uh, folks like myself. And, and, and then we also, you know, we work, we do kind of what we call artists and relationships. So we love to collaborate with others, other creatives, right? Whether it's working with a songwriter on a song with us or working with artists 
uh, to record a song. Um, but a lot of what we do is really intentional, right? So we're, we're not in it to just make a lot of music and just get a lot of music out there, right? There's like, we're usually creating music. It's a, it'll be a group of us. And it's like, you know, if we use KDA, for example, it, it, we were kind of like a KDA music and creative team where it was like, okay, what is, what is KDA right now? What are they trying to accomplish? What, you know, what is the band and what are the songs that are going to help us cement that, right? Like for them to send that message out there. And so the song or songs are written with that intent, right? To help tell that story. And to us, it's, it really comes down to storytelling to an extent, right? We, I think like to think of ourselves as storytellers in that way. And so that's, yeah, it's really about having in-house the capabilities to really fully execute across an experience, right? The storytelling experience, the music experience, um, holistically. So, so Toa, is this a new trend? Video game developers launching like a, I don't know whether you think of it this way, but a music IP monetization arm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would call it that trend, right? Specifically, at least for us here at, um, Riot Games Music, again, it's really about music storytelling, creating these really compelling music driven experiences, um, and whatnot. But what we are seeing kind of overall, I'd say like in this industry and many industries, I think actually is the kind of adoption or leaning into music and culture, right? I think many people are starting, including brands are starting to see kind of the, the power of music has with audiences, with fans, right? The way it's able to foster connections um, with them. Um, and so I think that's really the trend overall is just like, how do we bring music into whatever the space that we're in to help foster those connections? And so, yeah, definitely been seeing a lot of that and over multiple domains, so to speak, and whatnot. So it's, it's also an exciting time because I think for music, this is kind of potentially looking into the future of where music can go and how it can continue to grow, you know, the industry of the business itself, as well as just from a creative perspective, right? Seeing more innovation happen in this space, right? Everything from including technology and music. I think that's a really kind of uh, fascinating area. Yeah, that's interesting. I love how you turned my question around because it really is, it's not about games, right? It's about every experience and, and how music is now getting kind of recognized as an important piece of that emotional um, and connecting puzzle to everything. Uh, makes me want to just explore with you a little bit. What Do you think that has to do with just the digitization of music makes it accessible for people to use in these unique new ways? Or is there something else? Do you think it's just a natural cultural evolution of society that we're doing it? What, what's getting us to this trend that's that's much wider than gaming yeah i think it's a combination of those things that you mentioned right i, I think um what it gets down to it is i think technology is kind of the catalyst right I, I i'd say for music it has existed in a way that's like you know it's been pretty cool um but as the you know technology and internet really introduced itself to to us um you know parts of you know many industries had to change they had to become more digital accessibility became a thing right you saw things like you know where cds and vinyls were the main ways of consumption of music and listening right but then became the digital era of you know itunes and then to spotify for example right so you saw certain parts of the music industry kind of really start to digitize itself um, but you could argue that there are some parts that haven't really embraced digital right mm -hmm. technology to an extent um I think 20, 2020 really kind of parked some things and made people really look at, okay, 
do we, what should we do to become more digital? Because as of right now, that's almost the only avenue for an unforeseen time for folks, you know, back in 2020. And so that kind of became a catalyst. And so you're starting to see a lot of like, oh, digital or technology plus X, which, you know, say music in this instance, really starting to discover itself. Right. And I've always kind of been a big fan of like, hey, there's a, a young audience that, you know, they were born with phones, right? Basically, when, as soon as they got of age, there's always been a cell phone um, and their cell phone was actually a smartphone, right? And so they crave digital content. They, they you know, un, unlike maybe some of us old folks where maybe, you know, and, uh, I don't think I'm that old, I actually love this stuff. But, you know, there's definitely generations that, you know, some of the stuff is foreign or weird or different, Um but the youth, they love this stuff. They think it's cool. They think it's amazing. They think it's innovative. And especially if it um, heightens the overall experience. Um, so that's what we're really seeing, right? Is I think is all this is being the catalyst to that stuff. And I think we're just starting. I think there's a lot of stuff to come. Yeah, awesome. So where do you hope Riot Games music will go a year from now or five years from now? Yeah, I mean, and currently, right, we're really establishing ourselves right you know you see riot games music as kind of a forward-facing brand right uh we also have social uh social media accounts dedicated to riot games music right as well as we started that with um kda um in 2020 as well um with them having their campaign so you're seeing us just really establish ourselves we definitely have more to do um, which is exciting and so without trying to spoil really what the the future and long term truly looks like right um, but you can expect us to really lean into the potential of music and entertainment and, and really kind of the value uh, that it can provide for kind of fans and players, right? So we really want to just create compelling music-driven experiences for our fans and players. Yeah, awesome. You know, we didn't dig into it, and maybe we should because you've mentioned KDA a couple times. Can you just explain what is KDA for anyone who doesn't know? Yeah, KDA, right, was uh, in 2018, they had their debut. It was basically our way of taking... Um, you know, champions from our from our game, from our IP, which is League of Legends, right? So you've got ninjas, you've got kind of dark vampires, you've got dragons and all sorts, right? Um, but we basically took uh, four champions and we reimagined them as kind of modern day pop stars, right? As a thematic, and then which was a, a pop group, and that that's who we deemed KDA. We built kind of really understood who their personalities were, right? We have as well as the role in the band. And they debuted their uh, first song, which was Pop Stars, at our 2018 World Finals in um, in South Korea, all right, which was in front of you know, upwards near 80 to 90 million plus viewers right there. And so the song it, it hit over 100 million views on YouTube, the music video itself, in the first four weeks, I think. Um, I think it's upward near quite close to 400,000, if not, or I'm sorry, 400 million or plus. I don't know where it's at now, to be quite honest. Um, views on there. Um, it did well on Spotify and other streaming platforms. So really was a major hit, kind of like a, a, a big pop group to an extent, had some really cool successes um, and whatnot. And that was just kind of the tip of it. And, and that, that group was also a... Um, we call them skin line, but it basically in-game content, right? So you could play as those champions in League of Legends, um, as well as now, like in our other games, like Wild Rift and whatnot. So it was, we, our view was we basically debuted a virtual, you know, pop group is kind of what it was seen as, but it was also for us, again, a way of storytelling through music. 
That is awesome. I mean, that it's like it's not just bringing artists in to create music, but then creating this whole separate parallel world of of story, which is just super super compelling. And that kind of that story, the the, the way you talk about KDA, really pulls together everything that you've been talking about. So I'm, I'm glad you <laughs> got into that a bit. What are some other evolutions in gaming and music that people in the music industry might be interested or even surprised to to consider or learn about? Yeah, I mean, I think you know often. And I think people are more open to it now. Like often people have thought music and gaming and it's how can I get my music in the game? And and, and as I mentioned before, some games, you know, have a, a great way to have music in the game, but some don't, right? Highly competitive games, it's it's really tough, but you get games like Grand Theft Auto, right? And you can really see how it can be a part of that experience. So I think in the, you know, the big opportunity space is actually, you know, around the game as well, right? How can you, again, help foster those connections with music and whatnot to to fans and players and potentially pull folks into that ecosystem, right? Maybe people who never consider themselves fans or players of your game, maybe they become one step closer because of an execution of music or how you approach music. Um, I think that's a spot that uh, is starting to become more and more a hot topic and what that, but I think the key thing is going to be is authenticity, right? I know it's an overused word, but I think when it comes down to what is successful versus what isn't, um, a big part of that is authenticity, right? They'll, they'll, there'll be some that will try to execute in a way that come off gimmicky or like a stunt, right? Like you definitely want to try to avoid those. It's, it's the authentic ones, the ones that really understand the culture of the music and authentically fit with the game experience or the experiences around it. Those are the ones that are exciting to me. And I think those are the ones that are going to really win out uh, in the long run. Wow, really good point. All right, look, we're going to take another quick break, and then I want to broaden out a little bit and get your perspective on some of this larger music tech space that we talk a lot about here on Music Tectonics. We'll be right back. I have some exciting news for music tech startups. Applications are open for our second annual music tech pitch competition, part of the 2021 Music Tectonics Conference. We've teamed up with BandLab to make this year's event even more awesome. So here it is. BandLab presents... Swimming with Narwhals, a music tech startup competition. Startups across any part of the music tech ecosystem are invited to apply, with a new additional emphasis on music creation and fan-facing companies. Apply at musictectonics.com by August 16, 2021. To be eligible, your startup must have a valuation under $2 million US, and you must purchase a conference ticket. Our jury will select 10 semi-finalists to pitch at Music Tectonics online pre-conference events. Four finalists will then go on to pitch at the online conference October 25th through 27th, 2021. Best of all, Band Lab's investment arm, Caldecott Ventures, has earmarked up to $50,000 to invest in one of our winners. We won't throw you in a ruthless shark tank. We invite you instead to swim with the narwhals, the unicorns of the sea. Learn more and apply at musictectonics.com. Okay, we are back, and that was super fun before the break, hearing a little bit more detail about where things are evolving um, with gaming and music. Let's broaden out a little bit. I'm curious, from your position of where you sit in two industries in a way, what are some other areas in the music tech space that intrigue you? Yeah, I mean, now's the opportune time, and I think you're starting to see it, and I think we're just at the tip of the iceberg again with with music. There are different parts of music that can definitely 
um, utilize kind of the evolution in technology right now. There's some new technologies that are really starting to sprout up that it could help solve certain problems, um, as well as like create kind of new opportunity spaces, right? Like again, there are fans that are craving digital content, but not even just craving digital content, but um, potentially digital experiences, right? Like how can the digital experience enhance their overall life is, is kind of my lens on it, right? Like accessibility is one way, right? Like the, the thing that Spotify really brought to the table was, you know, hey, you spent, you know, $15, you know, per album or, or you know, CD that you went out there and got or $9.99 and you have access to all the music you'd ever dream to dream of right on your phone or on your laptop, right? And you can easily find it, listen to it, right? Accessibility is a big part of it. Um, but I think not just accessibility, it's just like overall better experiences. Make people's lives better, easier um, to an extent, I think is going to be a big theme over the next few years. So it's it's I'm, I definitely have my eye on a, on a bunch of different spaces and, and wondering how they're going to be solved, but also watching. There's some players that are really doing some things. I think... Um, there's a lot of tech involved, right? You have, I mean, when you look at the Spotify's or the SoundClouds, you know, they, they look like tech companies because they, they basically are in the music space. And so if, you know, tech really brings innovation, um, it brings improvement and vigor to the space, right? Um, agility potentially. And so just helping the music space, the music industry in those spots, I think um, the experience around music may look different, you know, eight, 10 years from now in, in, a, in a great way, hopefully. Do you, do you, are you looking into any more specific sectors like AR, VR, um, music making apps, uh, live streaming, like concert type situations or social video? What, what of those things are things that are you like, huh, that's the thing or that, you know, that's one of the things that I think is really going to change people's experience. All of the above. I, I, I think everything is on the table. Like for me, especially I think the lens, and this is something, you know, it's, it's really kind of core at Riot for us, right? Like we, we were inspired to be the most player focused game company in the world, right? Like it's, and when you understand that orientation of it's about the player, it's about the fan. And if you apply that to other aspects of the industry, understanding where, you know, um, personally for me, my opinion, I think revenue is mm. an outcome. It's a result. Right. And so, um, you know, if you if you create for the fan, if you create for the player and you create that ecosystem that loves to be there and do what it's doing and it it creates a, a healthy ecosystem, then that they're going to keep that ecosystem alive. Right. And, and that can that can be the result of with, you know, revenue and other stuff. And so I think that orientation, that model set being applied across different industries is only going to create a better ecosystem. And so that's why I say everything's on the table, because I think there's a lot of places to improve with that type of orientation. So when you look at these broader trends in society we've been talking about that have influenced gaming and music, where do you think innovators, let's say we've got some hackers or some founders listening in, where do you think they should be focusing? What are some specific things, problems they could be solving beyond the broad answer of access or fan engagement or gamer engagement or whatever? Are there any other things that you think they should be thinking about building? Hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's not that I just want to be broad. I, I really think there's, there's so much opportunity. Like you name any one of those and dig into them. And I think people would be like, Oh, that could be better. I, I just, I, I think overall, there's so many things. You're, a lot of things are going to change, right. Um, for the better, uh, I think too. So 
it's hard for me to get too specific, right? I, and I also don't want to point as like, oh, I'm speaking on behalf of Riot right. and just saying this is where we're going. But what I can say, at least from my opinion and my lens, is like there is a lot of opportunity. And, and for us at Riot, what we're looking to do is kind of to do that for our players, right? That's that's kind of what Riot Games music is to an extent, right? Like if you look at our latest um, project that we released, which is Sessions, right? It is basically music you know kind of the chill vibe lo-fi type music it's a full catalog 37 30 i think it's around 37 plus tracks collaborating with other really cool artists of this music that produce this music and it's copyright free right we're making you know if you like to play league of legends or tft while on stream with your community we're not going to come down at you and, and copyright it like we want your experience to be better and, and you don't have to worry about that and so it's it's looking at what you can do in this space and and, and, and do things like that. That, so, that is yeah. a really awesome example. I love it, man. You guys are very innovative in how you think about that, that music really does just go back to whatever the player experience is. And you saw what was happening with, with Twitch takedowns and YouTube takedowns and things like that. And gamers are like, well, you know what? I do want to have music along with this stuff. And so instead of fighting it, you guys actually optimized for it you actually created a path for it that's that's super yeah. interesting i'm glad you brought that up yeah and one thing to add on that too like to because um you know a big thing is like you said mentioned right is like dmca and i think sometimes it's easy for especially folks who just don't understand the complexities of you know music copyright for example and some may feel dmca is bad right but for us it's we're big supporters of of artists creators right? Songwriters. We're also big supporters of the, the content creators and the fans and the listeners, right? And it's really just like, how do we bring bring everyone to the table and understand like, hey, this is an ecosystem. So like as much as we're creating copyright free music, right? So to speak, it's not that artists and songwriters aren't being supported and they're just like cut out. No, it's actually a very fair, like, so as people are listening to this music on Spotify, that does generate revenue through Spotify, which helps support the artists and the songwriters, right? Um, we're, what we're just doing is preventing from like the, sometimes the double dip of like, oh, you're listening to it, but then now you get a copyright and it just kills the whole ecosystem. Where it's like, well, people won't listen to it because if they do, they get DMC'd on the, on the Twitch or YouTube side. Or like, we wanna unlock that valve of value. Cause that's what the music industry I think really just needs is like, understand how you can unlock value, right? The pipes. Because once the pipes start flowing, you create that value. And this was our example of doing that. Awesome. I love it. So I've got one last question for you. I mean, you sitting in this interesting seat between gaming and music, seeing both sides, making connections, being a bridge, being an innovator and, and bringing creativity to all of it. It's helpful for folks that are closer to the music side to maybe hear a little bit about where else they should be looking for information and doing networking. Are, are, do you have some favorite... I, I, I want to say trade magazines, but it could be blogs or any, any kind of media sources or conferences that you use to keep up on trends in the gaming space that folks in the music industry maybe should consider if they're looking to build more bridges the way you are. Yeah. I mean, the, the gaming space is really interesting, interesting, at least for myself. Like what I personally tend to do actually is there's a, there's a bunch of kind of trusted individuals, so mm. to speak. Right. So some folks may say like influencers, but there's people who they do things that I'm really interested in. For example, whether it's reviews of games, they give kind of their take. Right. Cause in, in, in general, like that person kind of, I think they like the type of games I do, or they play the type of games I do as well as 
other stuff, right? And I love hearing their take on that stuff. And so after a while, I've kind of found my group of individuals who, you know, I get the, you know, the bell, the subscribe, right? Uh, letting me know, oh, they dropped some new content. And usually it's about a game or something else. And so I think it's it's a combination of, you know, finding the conferences, you know, especially the big conferences, whether it's, you know, parts of South by or, you know, the game awards as well being a really big place where they're making big announcements or, you know, E3. Um, but I think it's really cool if, if you really want to understand gaming, its culture um, and really connect with it. It's really finding that the games that you like, if you, again, authentically connected in the space, um, Play and play. I, I love playing games. I honestly, I need, I want more time because there's so many great games out there um, to play. I just don't have enough time to play it. So I think it's just, it's, I love finding what others say about games and then making hopefully an informed decision whether to dump enough time to play it as much as I want to. So is that like on YouTube or Twitch or Twitter or Instagram? Where, where do you find, where do those influencers end up posting content for you? Um, I, I spend a good amount of time on YouTube um, as well. And then at Twitch, there's, there's definitely a few streamers on Twitch that I definitely watch tap and do here and there. But um, yeah, so it's kind of multi Got it. Yeah. So find a game that fits with your your own aesthetic, your own style and whatever. Dig in and then build community kind of from there. That's kind of your source. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just there's so much knowledge out there these days. So it's just about finding it and consuming it. Yeah. So this has been a blast, man. I feel like you've done a great job of kind of bringing us into your world, really showing us where the innovation and creativity is happening in the in the seat that you're in and uh, helping us think a little bit about, uh, more broadly, I think, than like you said, like it's not just about placing music there, but really about the experience. And man, there's some way in which you convey this kind of this warmth and optimism that just really came through. So thanks so much for joining the, the Music Tectonics podcast. Oh man, thanks for ha- for having me, man. Like this is a topic I'm I'm super passionate about and more than willing to chat with folks because I think it's it's an exciting time and quite frankly, music and video games, I never thought I'd be, you know, talking about it, let alone actually working in this space, but here I am. So I love it, man. Awesome. Love to hear it. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Music Tectonics. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We put out new episodes every week. Want more? Find it at musictectonics.com. You can dig deeper into this episode, learn about our annual conference, get the Music Tectonics app, and sign up for our newsletter. Musictectonics.com has it all. Also, look for Music Tectonics on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Clubhouse. And connect with me, Dimitri Vitsa, on LinkedIn. Peace. You're listening to Music Tectonics.